Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. How you doing, Scott? Good. Everything's going well. Awesome. That's good to hear. You uh, dodging all the nasty weather up here? I don't know about dodging it. When you have two dogs that have to want to go out every few hours, there's not a lot of <laughs> dodging it, let me tell you. I don't know about your dog, but mine loves the snow. Like that, it is the her favorite thing. Quickly followed by sand. Like she loves playing at the huh. beach. So, uh, I don't know. I guess it's just the way it feels on her paws. I don't know. But she wants to go out every f- five seconds as well because she just wants to play in it. They like it when it's on the ground. They don't like it coming down. I can imagine that she she doesn't try and catch it, but she definitely loves eating the snow, which is we're always trying to get her to stop. But <laughs> what are you wow. gonna do? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. a- anyway. So we are back again this week, and we have, well, a lot of more reveals, not quite as many as last time, but we do have some interesting Good. news items. Yeah. <laughs> the last <laughs> one was definitely uh, a marathon, <laughs> we'll yep. say. So, but there are some cool ones in this week's edition. So we'll get to those in just a few moments, but we want to start out with a couple news items that did come up. So the first one is that we did get our weekly rules update. And this time around, rather than strictly focusing on combiners, there were some interesting tidbits that were in there. Notably, I wanted to call out the, I guess, the reversion of a, or revision of a previous Metroplex ruling, which is that now Metroplex is back to essentially getting to two-shot Scrapnel if you trigger his ability. Uh, was there anything else that caught your eye, or does that one matter to you all that much, Scott? I think a lot of it was just clarification on very, I don't want to even say corner case things, just things that I think have been established for a long time now, I guess, right. for lack of a better term. Um, like a lot of, you know, need the card answers, I guess. Well, it's good that it's actually in writing for these things, just as yeah. a reference moving forward. And we're going to get into uh, some of the other edge case... Well, I guess they're not really edge case scenarios, but when we talk about some of the spoilers that came up. And segueing from the rules update right into the companion app, which officially released this week or the week of that we are recording this... It includes those FAQs, it includes the base rules that are available on the mothership, and as well as a filterable card database, at least to some extent. It allows you to filter for character cards, and although it contains the battle cards, it, at least as far as I've seen, doesn't let you filter for certain criteria on that. But overall, I'm pretty excited about it. Do you foresee you're going to utilize this thing a lot? Yeah, the funny thing is, I was actually building one, not an app, but like a part of the website that would do this exact same thing the actual day that it dropped, because our <laughs> conversation with Drew, at least in my mind, implied that it wasn't going to be out for at least like a couple months, so I thought right. it was going to something good to have out there, uh-huh. so I actually scrapped all the, the coding I was doing and just like said, forget it, this thing exists, because it's, it's really good. The only thing I wish it did, um, as I said in, on, on their Facebook page, is allow you to sort by star cost. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, I think it's great. Um, I mean, it's definitely great as a first iteration for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you have to click on the cards to flip them, which I think is fine. Um, and I think the the graphics on it are, are really good. Yeah. Um, there's obviously some bugs where like some cards are missing or like some things are, 
I guess slightly out of order or something like that. But otherwise, um, I mean, right. it's, it's great to have it on your phone and great to, and I, and it makes it easy for them to, to do these kind of updates. Exactly. Um, so like, and it has the card reference right there. It has the FAQ right there. Um, and it, it actually has, I mean, I don't think I'll use it for this, but it has like, you know, essentially like a way that you can keep track of your, your life counters right yes. on there as well for yeah. you and your opponent. So you can actually put your opponent's deck in there with yours and like, I mean, this is something that I, I would do in a lot of other card games I played, which was, you know, keep track of life total for both players. I actually think this is a way that um, you could do this rather effectively in, like, a tournament-type setting where you don't have to worry about dice being knocked over or, like, I can't read what that counter says. Yeah. Like, I've run into that situation before where it's like, uh, like, you know, like, for example, like, certain tokens that people make, like, you know, you assume like, oh, there's a one, three, five, and ten type of damage, but then all of a sudden somebody comes up with a two, and you're like, I- I've never seen that before. Like, I don't even know how much damage they have on them because they put three twos to represent a six. Yeah. So like, instead of it just throws you off in the good. moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really good for that. I mean, the only, the only, I guess the only downside is I, I don't know how it technically works. Like, it, I've never really thought of it that like you only have so many hit points left as opposed to how much damage you have on you. So yeah, so I did sense. notice that as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it's something that'll take getting used to. I don't I'm very curious to see just as a general social experiment, I guess, how many people leave tokens and counters behind and jump into the app or how many people don't even care about the app, at least for tracking stuff in live games, because you're absolutely right. In other games, I would definitely, you know, it's not that you don't trust your opponent. It's just to make sure that everybody's on the same page or maintaining game state and all that fun stuff. Uh, I did, as I was playing around with it, I could definitely see myself mistakenly tapping it too many times, or there is a reset button on there. If people haven't seen it, where it'll reset all the life totals back to their defaults. So you do have to be careful with that. Bringing up the scenario that knocking over dice that happen to be on there, that isn't really much different because now it's okay. Well, where was everybody sort of thing? Um, Right. But overall, I do appreciate the app as a whole for the effort for what it does. I thought it was really cool that when you tap on the cards, it actually makes the transform noise because I, I just happen to have my volume all the way up. And it. I guess I should have expected it, but it still surprised me. It was kind of cool. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it, I just think it's a great direction for the game in general to have, yeah. to put in the effort to have something like this. Absolutely. Uh, having the FAQ, as we said, actually there at people's fingertips is great. I'm sure they're going to come out with those additional filters, like you said, star costs or ways to filter the battle cards themselves. One thing that I was hoping for is a way to actually save an entire deck list to it, just for a quick point of reference. I have a lot of stuff in spreadsheets, but then it's all one-stop shopping. It's all within that app, whatever, or, you know, wherever it happens to be. For the battle cards, I mean, because you can do it now with the teams. You just can't with the, it with Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. yeah, you can't attach yeah. the battle cards to that team. Uh, so if somebody says, oh, well, let me see your Dinobot list, I can just go, oh, well, here's the team and here's the, the battle card list. Yeah. Um, yep, understandable. I, I'm sure that'll come in a future update because it, this was, as I said, a, a really good first outing. I was really excited by it. So we're lo- definitely looking forward to updates on that and definitely shout out to the team that put that together because it came out pretty clean. I'm pretty impressed. So, yeah. oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I just think it shows a true effort. I mean, like, uh, I mean, there's, 
I think everything about the game is moving in the right direction based on yep. the amount of effort that they're putting towards everything. And, and I think that this means that other conversations we've had about other improvements to the future of the game could be more around the corner than we're assuming that they could be. So Yeah, because I when you had mentioned earlier that you were trying to build that database on your website that I had thought the same thing. I, uh, it, it didn't even occur to me that, oh, well, when we spoke with Drew a couple of weeks later, we could have the app. I was expecting, you know, maybe late quarter two or early quarter three kind of thing at the earliest, you know, or, or maybe line it up with wave three whenever that happens. But the fact that it, it showed up on our doorstep this quickly was a, definitely a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get into this later, but it, with some of the reveals, but it, it, it's it's impressed me that there is this is not simply like a spoiler season for them. Like yep. we've now seen a companion app and a standalone product all in the same week uh, be released at the same time of you know spoilers and 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 interaction with the community and, and things like that. I, I just think that it, it seems rather obvious to me that there's. There's, I don't know, like a deep commitment to the community and the game uh, based on a lot of these actions. Yeah, they're definitely firing all on all cylinders from my point of view. And it's definitely encouraging moving forward to see what the next thing around the corner is, whether it's some of the things that we talked about in the interview with Drew or what he's bringing up in other interviews, which is not on our topic list. But it went it got tweeted out by the official count that uh, Drew and team are on with a few other people that are going to be going live. So it's definitely exciting to see what else is in store for the game as a whole, because everything seems positive. Was that one where he was going to be on that? Wasn't, was that, I thought it was recorded. It it was, it was going to be on live or something. I I didn't. Oh no, I I meant, I meant going live as in releasing, not as in. Oh, okay. I didn't listen to the third, like this is now the third podcast he's done. Right. Since, uh, well, I guess the fourth technically, like because he did two uh, with another one. Um, I hadn't listened. To, I haven't listened to the absolute newest one yet, just because mm. I, 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 what I've heard is that there was a lot of the same information that was repeated, and more for like a uh, more casual audience. Let's just put it that way. So okay, yeah, they, I haven't had the opportunity, but uh, if you are interested in hearing the thoughts, or even if you missed some of the previous ones, or if you just want to hear it again. You can definitely check out some of those. The official Transformers TCG account is definitely getting that information out there for any time that they're speaking with content creators, whether it be us or other people. So there's yep. there's definitely plenty of opportunities to hear from the designers, which is also something really cool. It's not that's not necessarily uniform in the industry. There are definitely uh, organizations and companies that aren't necessarily that forthcoming with information or that willing to speak with the community as a whole. Yeah, I think, I think, a, and, and we have a lot to get to, but I, I just think people need to understand this. Uh, if they're listening to it from a, from a strategy perspective, I think there's, there's inner workings of game companies that they may not understand and, and having, having peripherally, I guess you could say worked with multiple game companies over my time. It's, it says to the power of the game and to the power of the IP that there is a dedicated team for specifically this game. Like in many other game companies, you would see a lot of cross promotion between, yeah. okay, this is our card game. We're also creating these board games. We're also creating this. And this, these were not, I would not consider them to be teeny tiny companies in the industry. They, you know, other games that you and I have played, 
those companies were medium sized, I would say, compared to the giant that is Watsi or right. Hasbro. But but at the same time, like the fact that they can compartmentalize themselves into this area where you have specific jobs that are dedicated to just this product, um, says that they truly believe in the longevity and the 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 power of it. So yeah, you can. There are things where you can maybe not quite read between the lines, but you can see the signs for a lot of these things that are definitely very encouraging, like we were saying earlier. Yep. So uh, I guess from there, we can kind of dive right into the spoilers, unless you had anything else you want to bring up for the rules updates, companion app, or any other general news items? Nope. Okay, so we'll, we'll segue from there into the actions that were revealed. So we have three of them for you. The first one is defensive driving. So... This one, I, it was revealed by Big Angry Trev, uh, and I, I forget whether it was first on Twitter or where it was. I'm not too familiar with who that is. There's actually a few people on here that had gotten spoilers that this was the first I heard of them, so I guess it's, uh, they're definitely bringing in a lot of different content creators and from a, a number of different avenues, which is pretty cool. So I guess I, I'll let you take this one first. Are you, where do you see this thing fitting, or do you see this thing fitting anywhere? So, there are, I feel like with 40-card decks, there's just not enough room to run things like this. Um, yeah. I think the ability is powerful. Mm. I think the ability is powerful. Like, I mean, the fact that it basically, I mean, it completely shuts down Shockwave. It completely shuts down, um, you know, it obviously neuters, I mean, obviously shuts down Zap and the new Blue Zap, like, completely, obviously. Right, right, of course. Um, but, you know, I feel like it also, it it obviously neuters all the direct damage cards that you can play as well. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know where this place is. Like, the only the only character I can see that would really care about this would be Scrapnel. Um, and I just don't I think there's that. a place where, and I, I get that, like, it's a white pip, so, like, it doesn't hurt you one way or the other. Like, so it's like, it's not niche enough where you're going to run. It has such a, like, let's say it had a more powerful effect. Like if it was off color, you still may not run it in the off color decks, but like here, I, because it's white, it can pretty much fit anywhere. And I, I still right. don't see that it, I don't think it'll make the 40 card deck personally, just because I don't, it, I think it has too niche of an ability. I'm kind of surprised it doesn't have a green pip for because it, it feels like one of those effects because of exactly what you were saying you're only going to want to see it in very specific scenarios uh i don't know it it doesn't feel as though it does quite enough and it will end up on the cutting room floor at the end of the day despite the fact that i'm in agreement with you and you've said it multiple times both here in written medium and in other areas that direct damage is super powerful in this game and despite this directly counteracting it, it's taking up an important card slot because it's not a utility. It, it's an armor. And I don't think it's gaining you enough of an advantage as it is currently written. Even if it had a green pip and you could filter for it, it still is, as you said, it's shutting down the zap effects and it makes your opponent opposing shockwaves really, really sad. But... Yeah, one shell stand is worse. Plasma burst now becomes a zap, but they're still doing something. I don't know if it would be enough even then. Yeah, I mean armor hovercraft shut down, things like that. But I, I still don't think yeah. it's that good. Exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure we're going to see it because uh, <laughs> with you guys playing and, and myself included playing a lot of direct damage, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them on opposing sides of the table at some point. But uh, I don't think, as you put it exactly right, I don't think this is going to make the initial 40. And that's yeah, kind of where it's going to fall. Uh, now, this next one I do actually like a lot, and that's Inferno Breath. So it's another bolt effect. Although it does have a significant cost in that you're going to cost yourself an attack depending on what five-star guy you you tap. Now, when I say that depends is because things like a Flame War typically are not punching through for, well, more than three. So getting to bolt with it and it being a blue pip feels pretty good to me. Are you positive on this one or do you, you don't think it's going to make it? It's five or more, right? It's not just... It's five, five or more, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this card. Um, I think... I think. So, the cost of it, it it's extremely similar, like, if you, if you want to... If you have heard or you remember our conversation about Thrust when he was first right. spoiled. Um, but I think this is actually a little more modal um, cause, because Thrust had to do it, like, during an attack. Um, you you were definitely going to be losing a draw phase and attack phase. Like, like you were going to be losing a lot to use the ability mm-hmm. that was hopefully going to translate into a significant amount of damage here. You don't necessarily lose like your action phase and your draw phase. If you played on a character that was going to attack anyway. Right. Um, so in that sense, you, I like it because it essentially, I mean, at worst, you can think of it as like a pure, like, you know, Pierce effect that gets to attack whoever you want, as opposed to your opponent who probably has tapped the guy that they want you to attack. Exactly. Um, so like, if you, so if you're going to use a guy you're going to attack with anyway, there's not a lot of downside. But then the only downside really is if you were going to use it on somebody that was not going to attack and you have the same or less number of characters out than your opponent, you're just giving them like you're giving up one of your action phases and one of your attacks. Now the attack probably right. won't matter because mm-hmm. like you're, you're obviously not going to tap somebody that's good, like, you know, a serious attacker. So like, I don't see losing the attack as that big of a deal. I just see losing, um, drawing cards and, um, playing actions and playing an upgrade as a bigger deal. But I just feel like being able to hit whoever you want, again, the power of direct damage over the, who the attacker, who the defender wants you to attack is huge. Um, I think that's, so you can definitely point. have some sick yeah. turns. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I'm for sure we'll play this in like, you know, three wide direct damage based decks. Um, right. I think the only problem, the only place to probably like in the, in the decks that have like, us. I think I lost this. you there. Could you repeat that, Scott? <laughs> I oh, lost yeah, sorry. you for a second. Um, in the decks where you have like a singularly powerful character with support characters, you'll for sure play this. Right. Um, cause you want to get value out of those little guys at some stage. Yeah. Combiner decks will clearly play this. Um, I mean, think, that I was think my the first thought. That, yeah. I think the only decks that probably won't want to play this are like the three mid range decks. So like your cars and dino type builds. Yeah. Cause generally they should be emphasis on the should, of course, be putting out more damage than just a measly three. That being said, I mean, there are obviously scenarios where 
you're going to run into a, a blue heavy deck and maybe not be able to do that. But I'm in agreement with you that the the combiner deck, so something that wants to be blue because it's a blue pip, but also sports little guys, this is significantly better, and not to completely rehash what you had said, but it's significantly better than simply giving it pierce three because you can hit that guy that's hiding. And that's the big thing. Yeah, I mean, this this to me is... It's it's on par with like bigger they are, which I play in almost every deck nowadays. So like to me, right. this is this is um, this is very good. I'm very curious to see because we had talked about this offline with uh, some of the other Vector Sigma people of how significant it's going to be manipulating wheel turns, since you can you're going to be changing when the wheel happens because you're going to be tapping somebody out out of sequence. Meaning that you're going to tap, yes, you're tapping down one of your guys, but that's going to change when everybody untaps. And manipulation of that hypothetically is very strong, even if you're, you know, taking a hit by expending one of your characters early. So I'm curious to see if that really is going to come into play or it's, you know, it's just a thing that happens. Well, like, I mean, similar to other things, I mean, like, there are definitely situations where. Uh, the last attack I was going to make during a turn wasn't going to be significant. So the fact that I would then have the turn zero where yeah. my best guy can attack whoever they want is going to be, is worth it. I mean, especially if that guy had already attacked or, and was vulnerable anyway, I, I don't see it as that big of a deal. And it can, it can, it can hurt your opponent too. If you leave them with too many guys that they may have to like, you know, get two flip effects going on or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, aren't planning accordingly so yeah i i think this is you i think you can there's definitely some second and third level play that you can make with this card besides it's obvious like i give up my attack and just do three straight damage like there's definitely other plays you can make like you said exactly and i'm i'm very i'll i guess i'll close my thoughts on infernal breath with this i will be significantly more excited to open this as my rare battle card than defensive driving <laughs> agreed <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so moving from the two rares, we're on to a common. Now, Infernal Breath and Surprise Attack were uh, revealed by, I, I assume the Aus is supposed to be Australia Geek Mom? Yeah, these are both of these were spoiled by, um, they're toy people. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. another one that I was not familiar with myself going in, so that's why I wanted to call it out. Uh, so this is Surprise Attack, and speaking of Pierce 3, this is Piercing Blaster, but an action. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, I, I when I saw this, I was trying to find scenarios outside of just oh well, I could play a weapon and then play this instead of piercing blaster. But I don't really ever want to play piercing blaster. So why am I not playing like the bigger they are? Or I, I, I'm struggling to find scenarios where I'm super excited to play this. Yeah, it would be like. Like you said, if you if you need to, you know, play additional worse bigger they are, which I can't see happening. So yeah, they, that that's about it. Only question for you: Have you seen? Have you looked closely at the art? I know it's you're the one with R, it's RC on or something. Like that? Yeah, it's RC and Galvatron. Uh, so I was mm -hmm. I know you're a big Galvatron fan, so I mm -hmm. wanted to call out whether you cared about his new helmet look. 
<laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, only, I, I've only I've only read him in one IDW comic that was part of the hardbacks that you gave me, where he's like stuck in some other trying to get out of some other dimension or something like that. So. Yeah, Galvatron has some <laughs> some really bizarre arcs, and then in the latter half, which you haven't gotten up to yet, <laughs> um, not no spoilers there, but he has some really. We'll call them interesting interactions with uh, a lot of the characters in Cybertron's history, but we'll leave that one cool. for another day. Yep. So those are the actions. The characters, though, we got a look at our third and fourth super rare. So we have triple changers officially. Uh, first one up is Springer. So let, let me hand it to you for the lead on these, Scott, because I, I have a lot of thoughts on both. And I don't want to monopolize everything. So do you like Springer or the Triple Changers in general? Where do you want to start with this one? So are we assuming the rule is you can flip to any mode you want? Well, that is the open question. And I'm hoping we're going to get that in the... Uh, we'll probably get it in the rules update tomorrow, naturally. Or uh, two days from now, because we're recording on Wednesday this week. <laughs> so so I believe... So somebody pointed... People pointed out to me that because... Um, like my eyes naturally went to where like, you know, like the reverse side stats are on a card that you can see. Mm -hmm. Um, but in fairness, they're both there. So like that box that has like, you know, what their defense and attack are in the other mode, both modes are there. So that's where I think there's sort of precedent that shows that you can flip to any mode you want. Um, I also believe um, somebody pointed out that like they start in alt one because that's where the stars are. So you have to present your team like how many stars your team has. So that makes sense. Also, a good also point. so assuming both of those are true, you can flip to any mode and you start in alt one uh, for both of these. Um, I'm a big fan of Springer. I think he's kind of expensive. Yes, definitely. Um, I, I think so. I love his truck mode which i don't i I guess only for balance purposes it's not a a car i assume um, that's the case yeah because that's (laughs) really but i i want to go back and it gives me an excuse to watch the movie again but i at no point ever thought that his alt mode was a truck it'd be like calling hot rod a truck in my opinion so yeah it's it's a little sketchy well (laughs) so we'll call it that (laughs) so um so i love his truck mode uh, that gives you tough two mm. when you have an armor attached. Uh, it should so, have been a tank I mean, if they're going to do that because, like he, you throw um, reinforced plating on there with tough four and have fun. <laughs> Good luck getting through them. Yeah, I mean the only unfortunate thing is it as it stands right now, um, he's not. I mean, he's not a melee in any of his modes, so like he can't attach body armor as it stands now. But there's so many more battle cards left to come that I'm sure there's more armor that we haven't seen yet. Of course, um, but. Like you said, like even just a reinforced plating or even like a plus one armor also gives him a uh, tough two. Right. Um, I, I guess. So like, and then his attack mode, the helicopter mode that gives you the bolt to if you have the weapon is also powerful in that type of deck. So I think what's odd about him is that, you know, in a blue heavy deck, you have a great defender in his truck mode that I, that I actually, I think a blue heavy deck actually surprisingly would get some benefit out of his uh, bot mode as well because yes, sometimes yeah. in like the blue on blue matchups, it can come down to to incremental pierce amounts, especially when you have 
you know, throw four more on the bigger they are, throw two more on, on, you know, from an energon axe. Now we're actually talking about some serious damage right. that ignores your opponent's armor and flips. So like, I don't think, I don't think that's insignificant um, for some final attack on, on, on a target. Um, and then on the, on the helicopter side, uh, getting the free bolt too with a weapon is very good for aggro decks. I guess I just feel that the issue with him is that there's only, other than the the scenario where I'm playing a defensive deck and I'm playing against a defensive deck, there aren't a lot of situations where I'm ever going to not want to just be in one of the three modes all the time. Yeah, it, it kind of feels a little silly on a triple changer that you are likely to never, well, maybe not never, but very infrequently transforming them. Right. So I, I think the way you designed him is there are various different deck archetypes that he can go into because he's so um versatile. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. So but but it's only in the mode that he wants to be in. So like for that one specific type and, of deck. But which is fine. I mean, but right. cuz they're they're all very powerful abilities. I mean, you know, I mean, ideally like you'd want to attack in the bold mode, but that may not matter if you're playing a blue base deck, and but you because then you can't, and you also then can't defend in the the extra tough mode. So like I, I think you're just going to wind up wanting to attack in the tough mode more often in the blue deck, exactly. And then get in there on the bold mode, and um on that side. And again, obviously, we haven't seen if there's any helicopter specific cards or anything like that. So yeah, now that, that we have two, there's the potential. That. Yeah, it, and we haven't seen any truck cards in this wave either. So yes, uh, I'm. So I think I'm a little more negative than most on Springer, and the reason for that is you started out saying that he feels a little overcosted, and that's kind of exactly how I feel. Not hugely, but enough that it may be a hindrance. So, for example, if we look at his, it, I guess it's Alt One is his helicopter, or is that Alt Two? No, I think it's that's all two. Uh, yeah, so, you start in the defensive mode. Right, right. So you should, uh, we're assuming he starts in the truck mode, but yeah. hypothetically, the helicopter mode is the one I'm referring to here. It's a slightly better wheeljack for, like, significantly more stars. And six bold two, right? Uh, five bold two. So wheeljack is a, a, a five thirteen. One compared to Springer's five fourteen one, and he has bold three instead of bold two. Yeah. Um, now, granted, you will be getting the benefit of whatever that weapons happens to be. So, for example, if you throw a flamethrower on him, he's going to be five bold four. But if you have a flamethrower in the, the scrap pile, Wheeljack is a five bold three. So well, he gets the he gets the weapon effect too, it's right? Kind of, so it depends on the weapon in question. Um, but yeah. I think that it's going to be, and like I said, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like this guy because it is definitely interesting and he's somebody that I want to try because, like you said, he, when whatever mode he's in, he does it incredibly well. But I want to see if the star cost is prohibitive enough to justify. And again, I'm I was kind of focusing on the helicopter mode and mentally comparing it to Wheeljack because I am very frequently finding ways, oh, well, I have nine stars. Well, Wheeljack is the obvious thing. This is kind of orange-focused. We'll run Wheeljack. Yeah, the question that's, is, that's am right. I... Yeah, it... Until we see more of the set and exactly how, like, are there a couple more weapons that say, oh, yeah, well, 
clearly we have Springer. We've already seen a number that are really strong, but for example, mounted missiles, which could then allow him to both have the armor. Well, I guess you wouldn't. That one's not a great example. I was trying to think of other new weapons that would say, oh yeah, well that clearly goes on Springer. Uh, but pick an obvious one like Energon Axe or something. Then it's every weapon also has Bolt 2 as the text. Like I said, he does whatever mode he's in really well. It's just that 12 stars is not an insignificant cost. And that's my main concern with him, especially considering the, the bot mode is not literally blank. But like you said, outside of blue-on-blue matchups, I don't know if you're going to care about being in that mode almost ever. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, any other thoughts on Springer before we move on to our other new triple changer? No, I'll just wait to see if there's more cards specifically, you know, are for range or are for trucks or are for helicopters. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get a helicopter card this set, only because, so it's Springer and Alpha Bravo. There's... If I recall correctly, there were only five more character reveals after these, or there may only be two more character reveals due to the new combiner remaining. Yeah, there's there's still like four, three or four more, I think. Are there more? Okay, I haven't, yeah. I don't have that list in front of me, so I, I'm unprepared, yeah, I dear listeners. I'm sorry. I think there's, I think there's three or four more. I'm not positive. So there, I don't really care about that much, so I don't pay attention to it all that much. Well, the only reason I bring it up is with respect to if there's only two helicopters in this set, it. I don't think we would expect to see a, heli- a dedicated helicopter support card. Um, as compared yeah, to, you know, trucks, obviously, were an existing tribe. Ranged was, air quotes, a tribe that yeah. you would get support for. So. Agreed. So moving from there, we have Blitzwing, who is the Decepticon super rare for our triple changer crew. And this guy I was more excited by because, well, maybe it's just because he has the new toys of the new keywords. But I also really like these keywords. And then his bot mode also seemed significantly better, despite the zero defense. Simply because, oh, well, I'll swing in and I built my deck to make sure that, oh, hey, I end up back as a tank at the end of combat. Yeah, it's dangerous to go in blind with the bot mode. But Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that you wouldn't just like incoming transmission or plan or something that's obviously going to like work out in your favor to get him back into i would assume well no not necessarily like you could put him right back into the stealth mode and not even get him attacked right so um yeah he's super powerful in my opinion um i mean you have a the bot mode oh you're cutting out there again scott can you say that again and might pick and incoming transmission and all this stuff um or just playing enough cards in your deck to like have it happen naturally Mm. um you're talking about when you attack getting to draw a card and getting a flip effect like those are both extremely powerful things you do when you attack and now this just is an oh by the way and then oh by the way you're flipping into modes that either completely protect the rest of the team or are making him not able to be attacked (laughs) so yep you know again assuming you attack in the correct order yeah, dictating so like, combat math with this guy or dictating combat flow, I think, is the most exciting part to me. The the brave on his tank mode, and because he... So Springer was 12 stars, he Blitzwing is 11, which is still significant, but does give you the option to, not to be a broken record, but say you're playing Wheeljack. And not necessarily that that's going to be your 9-cost guy, but another 9-cost that's big... And then fill it out with Flame War, like I seem to always do. 
and you can really mess with your opponent's ability to ever get at that guy that really matters. Agreed. And then, and, and despite, despite my public disdain for his alt modes as a, tri- as a, as tribes, <laughs> uh, be, being, play- being a plane or being a tank is more significant than, uh, than being a truck or a, hey, uh, or a helicopter. So like his right. alt modes are not insignificant. Um, and you can build them effectively. Just under the one thing I, I, I need to point out is like cards like Hunker Down specifically say go from bot mode to uh, tank mode. So keep that in mind. You can't go from like plane mode to tank mode. Right. To get the, to get that effect, just keep some of those things in mind. Unless we get um, some weird errata, which I I'm venturing I we're not it. going to. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt it. It just becomes uh, too cumbersome that way. But absolutely. Um, assuming assuming that's workable. Um, I mean, you have a, he starts in a, in brave, which in, in a mode that, and it's not one of these characters that has brave that has no chance of like surviving a decent hit, right? Um, that just basically transfers the attack onto them, and then if you're lucky, can survive two hits. I mean, he clearly can survive multiple hits given right. those stats, and it obviously protects your team right away. So um, he's clearly like, you know the the shield for the glass cannons or or just the the more important guys because like you know his stats aren't i mean obviously you need weapons on him to make him combat significant but like i just think that his his versatility gives him a lot of play yeah typically i'm not super hot uh and this is just like an internal rule of thumb for me i'm not super hot on higher star cost guys that have well, I'm looking at a three attack in his tank mode, and that's obviously not setting the world on fire or lighting up any combats for that matter. But the manipulation and the influence that he's going to have on combat states, I think, makes up for it until you can get those weapons online or even if, as you said, he's just simply there to draw attention away from the glass cannon that's really swinging for the fences. Do you, since you had brought it up, do you anticipate that this will resurrect any of those... uh I don't want to call them dead, but they're clearly not very healthy tribes, tanks, or planes. Um, no, because I still think that those tribes play better as just like, Support. oh, by the way, I have this guy in my deck that happens to be that, so yeah. I'm just going to throw something on them. Like Again, we're still waiting for, I assume, more cards that have those alt modes that exist in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, battle cards that for the, from this set. Yeah, I, I got you. But I mean, like, I, I'm perfectly fine just playing Hunker Down and getting myself a, you know, Hunker Down's not as good on him because he doesn't have an active flip ability. So you're not getting the three-for-one situation that you typically want with Hunker Down. It's basically mm-hmm. just going to be a, I get armor for my, for my scrap out because I, I, it's going to be odd I guess if you want the extra flip for some reason, like it'll, there's your two for one, but you cannot get a three for one other than I guess you soak up an attack. So you could right. count that as like a card or an effect. That's also fine. So yeah, I mean, I can definitely see playing hunker down in a deck with him to get that ability. Um, because obviously if you're brave, you want to have the armor on you. Right. Um, but, uh, like, I don't think he's particularly good with bombing run. I don't think he's particularly good with aerial recon or anything like that. So right, the one right now the plane oh. cards are eh. yeah. The at least for this guy, yeah, I'm not anticipating that he's going to be propping up any plane builds. But 
I did have the thought did cross my mind of since he's eleven, Blitzwing, Dark Mount, Flamor. Because of the Brave, he's gonna prevent Dark Mount from being crippled immediately on turn one and then just subsequently dying to the inevitable one shell stands, which will happen obviously over the course of the game, but it does give him a little bit more breathing room. Whether yeah, that's sure. whether that's actually a thing is another story. But like I said, it was the I think the disparity in the star cost between Springer and Blitzwing is kind of what drew my attention to it. Uh, yeah, that's fair. So we'll we'll have to see, but I am definitely excited. So so far, to be perfectly honest, if I open any of the super rares in the product that I'm getting, I'm going to be pretty happy with them because there are definitely ideas that abound on all fronts for all the super rares right now. Yeah, I agree. I think they're all very good. So moving from our new and exciting triple changers, we're going to move into another of your favorite tribe members. It's Dirge, uh, <laughs> who is one of he's my favorite conehead. Um but I'm not a, a humongous fan of his card. Are you? Does this guy get uh, get your uh, motor running, Scott? Or do you not care about this guy? I think I like this card better than anyone else I've seen. Because I think like, most people are just automatically writing him off. I mean, um, I don't want to say yeah. It's sort of preface. I'm not saying he's horrific. I'm just I'm skeptical about the ability. Is clearly powerful. I am just skeptical about how often it's going to trigger. I guess. Well, I mean, the only way to the only way to really trigger it is with Pierce, right? So um, you need to you need to play him in a defensive deck where your your plan is to not get any additional damage off of the combat flip, so that you can, or I mean, you, and again, you can use plan effects or incoming transmission effects to to guarantee this, um, and to to set yourself up to where you know exactly how much damage you're going to do against your opponent, um, regardless of what they flip, which the best way to do that is is in Pierce effects. So, like, of if you can set up the situation... My question is, he costs eight, right? Or does he yeah, that's my eight. biggest issue with him. So, the question is, at seven, or an eight cost, what's his basic attack value? Uh, it's two in... The bot mode that has the untap effect, it's four in the alt mode. Okay. And what's the alt mode do? Uh, when you flip to this mode, it gets plus one until end of turn for each character in your opponent's KO pile. Yeah, that's not what you're going to want to be doing. No. Um, it's yet another plane that wants to attack in bot mode, which makes Slipstream awkward. But <laughs> uh, but I guess, I guess similar to like Thundercracker, you can get the ability and then flip right back and you'd still have it in the the alt mode when you attack like you just get it and then you immediately get out of that mode i guess well you need a transform effect for it because it yeah so it's when you flip to to alt and back but right so if you had that like a roll out and then play this but right that's one option i just think that um like how many times do you need to untap during the course of a game to make it worth spending eight on this guy like you know, obviously he has to have a weapon attached, preferably mm-hmm. has something like the bigger they are and things like that. But, you know, if you are able to control that to where you're like, okay, I'm attacking you and, you know, I don't like, I'm, let's just use bigger they are, for example. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pierce for attack four, so I'm doing four damage. Right. And they have, they have exactly four hit points left. Like, you're definitely going to untap. The ability carries through to the rest of the turn, 
you know, well, wouldn't care. It would, you would get an extra turn out of it. And like, like, is that worth it to attack with such a, like a small guy? If that happens once over the course of the game, does that have to happen twice over the course of the game to make it worth it? Like, that's the question. I gotcha. Um, it just seems like a, it, it's a lot of work, but I think if the pieces get there, it's not that hard to get a free attack. Um, I think a single free attack value, might you know. be enough. Um, obviously, depending on how much effort you need to put into it. I agree with you that if this... And he has two defense in both modes, and he has double-digit health. So that does support the idea of playing it in a more defensive build. He's not just going to up and die immediately to prime flipping leap or prime flipping one shall stand or something like that. He's going to soak enough. And then if you, if you're running blues that actually support the game plan, then yeah, he'll live hypothetically long enough to potentially bring the plan to fruition. I think and I just think against yeah. hyper aggressive decks where you know exactly that they're not going to be defending Mm-hmm. for anything more than what the defense is on the card, that's another way that you can at least likely manipulate the outcome of the combat to your favor. So Right. I guess the... So we had talked about Blur before, because he, he also has an untap effect that's contingent on things. And he's more stars for... I don't know. I I think you're selling me on the idea of Dirge more than I was going in. Because I... As I said, I the ability is really powerful. Getting the the untaps, you know, he has native pierce. You're clearly going to be going for more pierce, so it's air quotes it, guaranteed damage. But I feel like I need to see a couple more battle cards that prop him up in order to really get behind him. Right now, I I don't. I'm having difficulty imagining the list where. You can reasonably expect once a game that he will definitely get there. Yeah, I just think for his cost, he doesn't have to be the centerpiece of a deck, and so like mm-hmm. you can kind of build him as a secondary character that out of nowhere would suddenly get to attack multiple times a turn right. for one turn, and like out of like that can just be like, wow, I wasn't expecting that to happen type of situation. So it's possible. I I'm concerned again the, to bring it back to what we we're saying about Blitzwing with his base two attack for eight stars that's a a large star cost investment for something low if he's not the centerpiece oh yeah no doubt so it's that would be my main concern but he doesn't feel that far off if there's and we still have a lot of battle cards to go compared to we've seen most of the characters but the battle cards there's there's a good chunk of them remaining that still have to be revealed so it's entirely possible there's going to be a diamond in there that says oh yeah dirge now you're at the forefront yeah, I agree. So that closes out our regular characters. Uh, we're actually going to go with the more recent reveal. Whoop, you guys don't belong in that group. My overlay is dropping the wrong guys in there. We're saving the Constructicons for a little bit later on because I wanted to finish up with them. Um, so we'll leave them there. But we are going to bring up uh, the new combiner that revealed today. So that's Blackwing with Dreadwind and Dreadwing. Um, this is kind of... I wasn't expecting this particular Duocon, but I was expecting a Duocon for the remaining combiner. Druid and the Watsi team had alluded on multiple occasions that there was going to be a combiner 
It was not a traditional one, one that people wouldn't know off the top of their head necessarily, and that it didn't max out the star cost. So in the toy lines, they had revealed a number of, or not revealed, but reissued a number of the Duocons over the last couple of years. So it just felt obvious that it was going to be one of them. I so, have no clue in this character is. They're, <laughs> they, this guy I was not particularly familiar with. Um, well, to be honest, the dual cons were not ones that I was familiar with in general. Now that I own some of them as toys, which I, not this guy, uh, I've have, I've done some more research on them, but that's about it. So as far as the actual card goes, there were some interesting pieces. And this is where we were, I was mentioning earlier when we were talking about the rules updates and Scott, I think, did you actually ask this question or did you just find the answer to the question about whether you will get and untap immediately the turn you combine? You will as long as you have other untapped characters. Okay. So the way the ruling works, and it apparently currently only matters for this that we know about, is the untapped phase technically happens before the end of an overall turn when everybody is tapped. So, as a result of that, you don't have the opportunity to combine into Dreadwing, right? That's the name of the final The final, uh, Blackwing is the... Or no, Dreadwing is the full guy. Yeah. So you don't have the opportunity to transform or to combine into Dreadwing and attack if the entire board is tapped down. But if you do it and you have another untapped character and like, you know, it's your turn, your opponent has guys that are also untapped and now you have a guy that's also untapped, you will get a free attack essentially. You just have to do it in the right order. You can't do it last. You just have to do like if you have three characters, you have to do it as one of your first two attackers during that entire round and you'll get the free attack it just can't be done when you when it's the last attack like well you can't attack with one of the pieces and then oh i combine i untap and i attack again before your opponent gets to go because that untap phase happens before the end of turn phase that happens so you won't have the ability to combine before that you would you can do it and then but you would have it then on the zero turn for him to be attacked, so you won't really get an ability, like you won't get an advantage of being able to untap. Okay, Does I'm that make sure sense? I follow you. Uh, for anybody out there that didn't, there was a Facebook <laughs> post that we're pulling this from. We're not pulling it out out of anybody's behind or anything like that. I'm sure but the post is explaining it no better than I am. It's right, just, you have to interpret what goes on as a result of it. So I, I think we will surely see, hopefully in this rules update cycle, but definitely before. Wave 2 officially releases a more, a clearer answer as to exactly what the steps are. Right now, it boils down to, no, you don't get an extra attack. The exact specifics to why, I don't believe, will impact things that much. There isn't, like, an edge case scenario where you can eke out a little bit of extra value. It just kind of boils down to, yes, you'll get your combiner. No, you won't be able to attack with him. Only when everyone's tapped. Remember, you will get to attack with it if you have another guy untapped. You do gain a free attack out of the deal if you have another character. So here's the situation. So yeah. let's just say there, what, what, no, no flip effects, no rapid conversion, no flip effects. Yeah. At all. So let's right. let's call that. So you have three guys, A, B, and C. 
A and B are the two combiners, and C is random. Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. Nine drop or random whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, turn one, attack with one of the two combiner pieces. Turn two, attack with the other combiner piece. That turn, you know, your opponent has three guys also, so they do the same. That's thing. the attack. key part that matters because right. if they if they have a different, well, go ahead. I don't want to muddy the waters yet. <laughs> if they have if they have only two characters, it screws everything up. If they have more, you're fine. Um, assuming you go first, so you turn one, you attack with character A. He's one of the combiner pieces. Okay, they attack with their first character. Okay, you each have one guy tapped. You attack with combiner piece B. Now, the end of your turn, you can combine. Untap. Yeah. So now you have untapped Dreadwing and untapped C character. Your opponent, because you went first, still has their B character, their C character. It's their turn. They attack with B. Now you can attack with Dreadwing or your C character. Yeah. So you do gain an attack as long as it's not the last thing you do. If you do it in a different order and you choose to attack with one of the commander pieces last... If you went second and your opponent is completely tapped out, it will not work. If you went first, it will still work because your opponent still has a turn to take and you will now have an untapped character. Right. Yeah, uh, I was not very clear about that, so it's better that we went through it again. Where I was picturing it is, I guess, a wheel turn spare attack is when I was trying to boil it down, which was way too reductionist for what we're looking at right now. There are way more scenarios where you will gain a free attack out of this than you won't. Let's put it that way. Right. Yes. So I apologize that for anybody out there listening if I confused everybody, but hopefully Scott's <laughs> explanation there it cleared it up for you. Um, it's easier if I had it on camera, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, this is another reason you gotta you gotta have your diagram and you gotta get a webcam Sorry. so we can get you up yeah. here. <laughs> um, so. so Let's take a look at, at Blackwing. It, all of that was just to preface what we're talking about because it is a significant part of how this combiner works. And then also the fact that uh, so how you can I still function them back, which we can get to in a moment. Um, so Blackwing as an actual card itself. So he's blank in alt mode. He is a plane. Uh, in bot mode, he has the whole combination piece or half of the combination piece. It does require the combination that is scrapping three cards from your hand because these guys don't have a dedicated Enigma. Uh, he's a 512-1 and 512-0. Good. What was that? Seems fine to me. No Enigma. I'm down. Oh, the Enigma part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does make it a little bit easier, and it, it logically makes sense. Do you care about this this guy outside of the combiner piece? I couldn't tell you what these guys do outside of combining. You know, well, they don't do a whole lot, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> um, I think pretty much everything is going to be focused around that combiner piece. Now, Dreadwind, the other half, actually has text on his alt mode. So he's a 212-3 with Pierce 2. Uh, sure. Also a plank, yeah. He he does things. Uh, and then three armor, so that's good. Yeah, the three armor actually will matter because it, in my head where I'm going with most of the combiners, at least for my initial builds until we actually get the cards, is assume they're a blue-centric build. So having three armor is a big deal. Um, but his bot mode is same thing. If you have them there, scrap three cards from your hand, and then you can combine them into Dreadwing Sky Destroyer, who, let's pull up uh, that guy. So I apologize anybody looking at this that it's a, it's a little squished because of the <laughs> the combiners make it a little bit difficult to make the overlay work so he's a a seven 
24-2 that has double upgrade slots around the board. Two weapon slots, two armor slots, two utility slots. Does this guy justify it to you, Scott? I mean, obviously, we we just went through all of the scenarios where you get that extra fourth attack kind of thing, or, you know, what X attack based on how many characters you have, how, what your opponent has, whether you can sequence it properly, that sort of thing. Do you Is that the important part, or do you care about the fact that he's a 724-2? I care about the fact that he's 7 and lets you attach two weapons, two armors, and two utilities. Yep, that seems kind of important. <laughs> um, this guy's awesome. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm so, pretty excited like, about this guy. Um, again, assuming you... Whatever. I guess... There's many ways in Wave 2 to play additional upgrades yep. uh, during a turn, so... And this I, guy justifies it. It, it. Oh, yeah. we've So, um, technically, we saw the Predacons can do it before, but I'm not... I don't know. I, I don't... I didn't care as much about doing it for Predaking as I do with this guy. If it, it feels like this is just going to come up way more often. I mean, if if you have, there's no rule that says you can't have two of the same thing. So right. you can easily have two of the same weapon, two of the same armor. I don't know what two utilities you're going to want doubles of, but like you could. Um, so that being said, assuming you. And I don't think it's going to be that hard. If he comes in combined, untapped, and he has two weapons attached, he will probably be like a minimum of like let's say an eleven or twelve. Yeah, <laughs> uh, off the bat, off the bat. Um, if he has two armors attached, at absolute minimum, worst case scenario, he's like a four defense. Right. Um, but in reality, it'll probably some be something like tough four. Yeah, or three tough two, him. or something like that. Right. Something insane. Um, and I don't care what the utilities are. So, I mean, that pretty much one-shots anybody that he should be able to attack. Uh, right. At 12, 12 base, plus your combat flips, plus any up, you know abilities you're going to play and things like that. So, And again, it gives you an attack when you combine. Uh, obviously, you lose an entire, quote, turn like any combiner would the rest of the time, like you're one less, you're down one character because you had two and now you have one. Right. Um, but this is super powerful to me. Like I know it's a uh, quote steep cost by discarding three cards, but I don't care. Um, I, I feel like he's clearly going to be attacking for like 12 to 15 based on, you know, ability cards and I mean, action cards and, and, and abilities on them to, yeah. uh, the, the first time he attacks, and that can easily be done in the first round of combat. So, Well, the only concern I, uh, I have to play uh, Fly in the Ointment for a moment, and this is really just a devil's advocate scenario, is um, because of that discard three, it's going to be potentially challenging to get all of those extra upgrades into play in time, uh, depending on what how the, the battle deck actually shapes up treasure hunt into swindled well that's exactly it there there are ways around it but it's just you have to again it's going to depend on what the actual list looks like but it'll that's the only 
potential concern that I see. Otherwise, yeah, it seems relatively consistent that this guy's going to come out with double-digit attack. If you're playing a blue deck or blue-centric or blue-focused, leaning, whatever, he has enough hit points and enough base defense that he's probably not going to... And he's going to combine early enough, hypothetically, that you're you're not coming in with a mostly crippled combiner, and now he's just gigantic early on. Yeah. It feels like a good showcase of the combiner mechanic to me, and notably he is a common. So it's definitely a way for people who want to just play with the new mechanic to get their hands on something that's seemingly, at least right now, very, very playable. And the interactions with I still function are insane. Yeah. So do you want to elaborate on that since that's something that people may not be aware of rules-wise as well? So both of these effects, both I still function and this, take place, quote, at end of turn. So as active player, you can stack them um, accordingly to where you combine and then there's he's the piece that you I still functioned back is no longer in play to be removed. It's not like, you know, it's like I still function with any... If, with any combiner like it you know you could always have just i still function back a piece and then somehow play an additional action and play the enigma for example mm-hmm. it's not like the leg it's not like the leg falls off at end of turn for <laughs> right, right. Function or something like that so <laughs> so i mean in that situation you're basically using it as, a, as like a really really bad heal effect well um, yes but um i mean there might be other reasons to do it but for now that's all that's useful for in the other combiners but here you're gaining an attack you're gaining, um, well, mostly you're gaining, and you're gaining an upgrade play, which is huge. Um, because you, normally you don't want to play an upgrade on the guy that gets I still function because the upgrade's going to go away because the guy's going to die at the end of turn. Of course. Here, it combines into Dreadwing. So you gain, a, quote, permanent use out of the upgrade um, if the character was dead to start with. Yep. And yes, I mean, I, technically it heals you one as well, but it gains you the attack also. So um, the plays that I still function in this are just, it, it's huge advantage for you, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to trying this guy out. The One of the other exciting things to me about it is, just to shift back to his parts briefly, is that obviously the intent is that they are not the entire team. They're only eight stars. So that gives you a lot of room to play with for potential partners yeah. for these guys. Uh, I mean, the obvious one, as I mentioned earlier, is I'm mentally it's, oh, there's nine stars. Well, I'll just dump in Wheeljack. That's not necessarily who's going to be the third part of this team, especially if you want to play Swindled. But, you know, there are a number of different ways you can go with it. And it gives you a lot of breathing room to see what how you want to mix and match. Uh, To me, Slipstream is the obvious one because you come into play with likely damage on you. Right. And then, because you untap, you immediately get her ability, because Dreadwing is a plane at all times. Yep. Yeah, so, Slipstream um, definitely makes sense here. So, like, and you get a free star, so you can play your Leap of Faith also. So, I love this guy. I think that's a, I think it's going to be a, a great, fun, powerful deck to play. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> I expect to see a lot of this guy, especially initially, and then we'll... We'll find out how, obviously, a couple months from now, we'll we'll find out how accurate we were in these sort of predictions. But yeah, this guy, I don't see any way that at this stage that he's not going to hit the table for a number of people. 
Yeah, I still wish it was backwards and it was Overlord, but you know, well, I'm cool with it being this guy. I'm sure we, he's gonna. He is a uh, a love to hate character for a lot of people, so I'm sure yeah. we will. He's he's definitely a fan favorite Overlord, so I'm confident we'll get him at some point. But now I know we can have two bots. I mean, two all modes that then turn into the combiner bot. So I, I think the president's there. So. Absolutely, yeah. Skylinks too. So yeah, who also showed up in recent toy lines, and uh, while Overlord also did, he is Overlord's been more of a focus in the stories, whereas Skylinks has been there, but kind of an ancillary character uh, in a lot of ways. So I expect we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more of that. I don't know if we because this does completely wrap up the the combiners that we were told about, right? There should not be any in the remaining characters left. Is Correct. that accurate? Yeah. Okay. So maybe supplementary products for Wave Three. But speaking of supplementary products, we did get something exciting announced that we. I guess it's not completely revealed yet. But we do know we are getting Devastator. So did you get real excited about this, Scott? Or or you uh, have a different combiner as your favorite? No, the, I got excited about this. He's he's always been like the the classic combiner. He is the combiner. <laughs> I, yeah. I know there are other ones and everybody has their own favorite. It may not be Devastator, but we've talked about it before. I have a hard time believing that if you pick a random Transformers fan and say, right now, give me a combiner, they're going to probably default to Devastator. He is the guy. Uh, he also looks very interesting because in addition to the combiner mechanic itself, he's introducing some additional mechanics along the lines of the tower, which we don't have a whole lot of details about. So it's that as well as the battle cards that will come in the supplementary product, just like Presumably there will be some like Metroplex where it'll be something dedicated to either Combiners or Devastator himself or some other support that we have not seen to this stage, unless I missed something. Yeah, or Constructicon only card, something like that, yeah. Exactly. Uh, if we assume that it is similar to Metroplex, and again, we don't have any information for Metroplex had three unique cards for him. If we go with that pattern, we've already seen the Enigma, so presumably we'll get a playset of that, and then there will be two unknowns at this stage. Uh, I, th I think they're just going to throw in the tower kind of thing, because it sounds like it's a, a board or a marker or a counter that's going to sit out of play. Uh, and then that wouldn't, I guess, chew up the budget on it, is my point. So we're not... Again, we don't know, but it's not... I would assume it's not going to replace a card in we're not going to miss a battle card because they're including the tower is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would hope so. So let's see. We got the first up Constructicon is Bone Crusher. Oh, so I have no, we have no reason to talk about the individual parts. You don't want to run through them? No, no, they're all <laughs> okay. terrible. Well, yes, you will not play any of these outside of the, you're not, yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> accurate. Um, <laughs> I guess the, the main thing before we dive into the actual combined form is how difficult do you think it's going to be, or I guess we can just dive right into them. I was going to say, how difficult do you believe it is to hit the higher tower levels? Uh, extremely simple. <laughs> <laughs> so 
this kind of uh, similar to the Dreadwing thing, because you have to pitch the cards, it's also a matter of, okay, now I'm depleting my hand quicker than I would otherwise. Am I playing enough relevant things that I'm not just giving up the game until I get to the combined state? Well, see, this this set team, whatever you want to call it, has the most flavor of arguably any card I've seen outside of maybe oh, like yeah. Prime Battlefield Legend. Like you have six awful, awful characters that can't do anything on their own that combine into a character that can like completely control the board on its own. Yes. Um, assuming you're in the, you know, plus whatever attack that the 10 gives you with bolt two and all that, like the highest tower and yeah. you heal back like 10 or whatever it is. If you can um, trigger the, like <laughs> you combine and heal 10, I feel like you're going to have a hard time losing the game at that stage. Yeah. And then you what your two armor and then you have, you have two what, armor bold two. So the, the first tower, the first tower segment is you repair for whatever your tower is. Tower six or higher, you get bold two. Tower ten or higher, he's now a base ten attack. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> like we were talking about with uh, Dreadwing earlier, he he's probably one shotting things at that stage. Ten bold two, and it's whenever a, one of your Constructicons attacks in their all mode, which pretty obvious. You pitch a card and you get a a, a repair counter on your ten, your yep. tower, or whenever they die from Scrapper. So it should be pretty easy to get to 10 relatively easily considering you have six guys. So like you're, you're going to have more characters than your opponent regardless. So you're going to have that, that you're going to control that end of turn where you have to attack with a bunch of guys that you don't have the ability to flip anyway. Um, and then, so you're, as long as you have enough cards in your hand, you're automatically going to get a bunch of attacks at the end. So every single one of your first six attacks, you're going to get six counters and then four of your guys need to die. This doesn't seem very hard to do, considering how weak they are. That you're going to get a counter every single time, assuming your first action is flip scrapper go. Yeah. Um, even if he dies first, um, you just flip him in the KO pile because his his ability is active in the KO pile. It says exactly. So again, all you're doing there by going second is losing out on uh, probably like maybe one counter uh, by doing that. Maybe not even because you're still gonna. Well, yeah, you'll flip him and attack. So yeah, I don't, I don't even know if you'll lose out on that. Probably not. So mm -hmm. no matter how you slice it, you're. I, I can't see how difficult it, it doesn't seem difficult at all to get to ten before you combine at right. all. Um, assuming you can like you know get a couple more cards in your hand somehow. Um, I don't see what the big deal is at all because I mean you don't want to come into play with no upgrades on you. So like you want to have some things in play. You don't want to just do nothing. Right. Um, because you just might not have time even with 10 attack bolt two to really do anything. Mm. But I, again, I, I fail to see how like you can't get the 10. And even if you do, even if you don't, the Enigma gives you a counter on the tower also. I was going to so, bring that up. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's, is it when you play the Enigma the first time or when you play it after he's already combined? So it's, if you have devastator on the battlefield, repair one damage from him, then put a height counter on the tower. So you don't get the you don't you don't also get that when you combine. You don't also get the height counter when you combine. Correct. Yeah, you only you only get the combination. <laughs> right. So if for some reason you you weren't able to pull this off, 
and you then played one next, you would still have the, the massive attack. Like just right. by playing an extra enigma. But I really don't see how this is going to be difficult at all to get to 10 counters of the tower. Right. And it's so flavorful because it's the episode where, um, you know, they went back in time. And I think, I don't think they went back in time. I think it just showed like the origins of the Constructicons the, and, and Omega Supreme and all that and how they were able to get the combination power. Like, I just love the flavor that this card is oozing with. Yeah. Where you have six atrocious. <laughs> uh, bots that form into something that can actually like you know rule the day i just yeah think it's, it's actually a threat <laughs> yeah i think it's just awesome um yeah. i love the repair mechanic we've been saying this forever that if if the combiners came into play and were able to you know repair a huge amount of damage that this is going to be you know they would be huge so I, I would imagine this guy comes into play and has like 10 attack 17 health bold two, defense two. okay sounds fine to me yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's basically like getting a Nemesis Prime having gone through your deck already once with a little more health, and the end has already done a bunch of damage. So, I mean, it seems worth it to me. Mm. Um, just time will tell if you know just how the mechanic just works in general, and if you're able to do anything with these characters before they. Uh, That's exactly it. Because you would you had mentioned doing a little bit of damage beforehand and given how horrendous their stats are i mean we're talking bone crusher's a three attack hook is two long hauls two mixmaster's three scravenger's three scrapper's three uh, and then obviously their defense and health are very very low as we discussed it's entirely possible that <laughs> you might do literally zero damage prior to com to combining um depending on what you're going up against so, hey, one of them has pure something. Oh well, yes, yeah. So <laughs> you should get through for something. Uh, okay, you got your you got your two damage or pierce one. What? A, let me see. Where is he? Uh, we have pierce two on bone crusher. So and there pierce one on hook. Two of them have pierce. There you uh, go. So you got some damage going. Um, where I'm going with it is, it is that tension between trying to push enough upgrades into play or play enough battle cards that you aren't completely starting the game not starting the game over isn't the right way to put it but starting from scratch from the starting line when you combine you you do have to i think you will need to have something done to your opponent when you before you combine or even with the the giant heel i'm concerned that he's not going to be able to get there because your opponent can just go all in on this one guy um, it'll See, be... I feel opposing aggression, aggressive, aggressive decks are going to have a real problem with this with this team because mm. they have no way to defend these little plinkly attacks, and then they, while they were do big single attacks to Devastator himself, I, I they waste a lot of big attacks on these idiots. So true. Well, they they might they might waste the attack. So it's entirely possible. And again, it's going to depend on what the battle deck and what the other battle cards in the the set look like. The both wave two and the actual Devastator set, but they have you know an effective health of like seven on some of them. I think we have an effective health of five on Bone Crusher. Hook has zero defense and seven health. Long haul, so. Where I'm going with it is they could just die to regular attacks and your opponent doesn't even need to play any cards. 
But you're ahead of the game at that point. Like, you're not playing any cards either. So, like, what do you care about? Well, what I'm saying is that you're not wasting, or rather, they are not potentially wasting any resources. So those grenade launchers that may have been played now get played once you're combined and your opponent can tee off. Now, by the same token, you're probably one-shotting any of those aggressive guys on the other side once you combine, so maybe it won't matter. And you gain the attack first, so like right. that's the point that I see. Yes, I mean we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, like the oh way yeah, I'm, I'm like just it. playing devil's advocate for this, like trying to poke holes in it. <laughs> um, but I mean, I I I think it's it oozes with flavor and it, yeah, it, it, it's powerful. Like to me, other than Dreadwing and maybe I guess. Like, if I had to rank the combiners, which I guess we'll probably do at a later point, like, I, w- I would have him uh, argue, I guess at this point, probably, like, number two, just because of how big of a fan of Dreadwing I probably am. Uh. Um, because I just, the way, the way I see the deck actually playing out, I just don't see that there's any, any, I don't know what you want to call it, like, any, anything standing in your way of combining and being good once you combine. Are you trying to say nothing's going to stand in your way? Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I agree with you. I would put this guy pretty high up there. It, I guess the way I would put it is he feels much more obvious, which again plays into the flavor element, I guess, to some extent. But he feels that it's so straightforward of what his game plan is going to be, whereas some of the other combiners, I'm not entirely sure what the game plan is other than try and figure out how to get to the combined state and hope that carries the day. The Constructicons will combine and Devastator is going to crush whatever's standing in front of him because, like you said, you should be getting to those higher tower levels relatively easily. I mean, it'll we'll have to see how it plays out, like you said, but... The other combiners may be flashier. Like, I still am like Menasaur's ability to cheat the rules of the game. Uh, Superion, we talked about before, and he definitely has super powerful card text. But, I mean, it's hard to argue with somebody who has base double-digit attack. Yeah. And especially one that's in... The, and, I think... And oh, go ahead. A huge amount of help, and a huge amount of help when he comes into play also. Well, like, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that the... The heal, as it stands right now, pending any future cards that are released, is it's the most relevant heal that we've seen to this stage, I would think. I mean, you had mentioned on a previous show the uh, potential synergy for the new Grimlock and emergency maintenance, as well as, you know, there are a couple other edge case scenarios. And I still personally like Bombing Run, although the heal part is not usually the part that matters. This is a heal that actually is going to impact the game because it—that's what's going to keep you in it with this guy. Yeah, and I, I actually think that, like, you know, things like um, spread damage, like armor and hovercraft or photon bomb, and things are not going to hurt this team as much because they're all so terrible that they're just going to be dead anyway. Right. Like, I can one shall stand my own guys in this team and I would never have considered, I don't consider that for most of the other combiner teams. That's not in my consideration. Right. 
there's virtually no way that you're going to get the uh, the the individual constructicons to survive. People will accidentally KO them. Basically, I mean, your only your only goal is to is to the last one to transform is Hook or Scrapper. I think they're the ones with seven hit points, and you move on with life. Yep. That's your only goal is to is to try to get one of the seven ones to be undamaged. So you come into play and you have seventeen health. Ten attack, seventeen health, bold two, and two defense and some upgrades on you. And you're mm-hmm. good to go. Do you so and again we're we're this may be getting ahead of ourselves, but most of the, I mentioned it before, most of the combiners in my head, the default is they're going to be blue heavy to make sure that the pieces may survive two attacks, that you're minimizing the damage going on them, you know, a number of different factors. Obviously, we don't know exactly what the battle decks are going to look like because there's still a lot of things to be revealed. But do you picture that this would be an orange-centric combiner due to the fact that, well, they're going to die anyway, you're going to get bold, and hopefully you can win the race at the end of the game? I think all that matters is the cards that you play are individually synergistic with getting more cards in your hand and keeping Devastator alive once he exists. Mm-hmm. To me, the pip colors are irrelevant. So, you know, you're going to want to play whatever the best armor you can play is, whatever the best weapons you have access to, treasure hunt to f- keep your hand full. Right. Um, any other card draw, like maybe like Swindled or something like that, like, you know, just you're going to want to play good cards. Their colors are less relevant to me because makes sense. You're either automatically killing something when you attack it if you have a lot of, if you have decent orange flips, or you're surviving more if you have more blue like attached to, like in the deck. So right. to me, it's about the individual power level of the cards for this team. I would say more than it usually is in most decks, even though I'm starting to lean that way anyway for most of my deck builds, but especially in this team because they're so singularly focused, like you mentioned, that the abilities on the cards are more important than the, the colors, in my opinion. That makes sense, and I think that that's a pretty logical approach. Obviously, we're we're going to reserve the right to change our opinions based on when we see the remainder of both Wave 2 and the rest of the contents for the Devastator starter, I guess? Devastator expansion? Yeah. I don't know what... It's Wave 2A, I think, uh, is the Whatever official Metroplex name. is. Whatever exactly. they consider Metroplex, standalone product, I don't know what you want to call it. Yep. So that actually does it for us. All the all the updates, all of the, the card reveals. Um, we still managed to drag this one out like normal, but <laughs> that's <laughs> what we do. Uh, so to close up shop, Scott, where can everybody find you? What other content can we look forward to? Uh, other things on the horizon. So ever since I... And ever, ever since we started um, on a... Monday, I want to say like three or four weeks ago, um, VectorSigma.info has had daily coverage, uh, daily content uh, for Transformers. So I'm, I'm happy to say that we've been able to keep up with that schedule. So continue to see that. Um, we act as of, well, as of when you will hear this recording, um, we will have had another localized case event that we're attending. Yep. So we will have... Um, maybe not as much match coverage because I, I think people don't find that as interesting anymore during wave one. We will have much more match coverage during wave two. Of course. Um, we're going to, we're, I think we decided we're going to do more of like an interview format, um, for some of the players that are going on at that. So be on the lookout for that in the next couple of weeks. We still have some, uh, some of the more in depth match coverage that we do where we kind of talk through the plays and, um, 
explain the moves that we're making before we make them or after the fact. Um, so it's not just like a tournament setting where you're trying to basically capitalize on your opponent's mistakes. We're trying to make the right plays to show how the decks play out against each other. We have some of that coming up the next few weeks. We have a huge amount of content, video and written, um, prepared for um, when Wave 2 hits. Um, we haven't been doing as many as, as many of the hot takes because we're kind of getting to the end of that. So like it's time yep. to actually start forming full-on strategies. So you'll see more articles that are more focused on... I don't want to say singularly focused on a certain character or a certain card strategy, but that's just the way it's going to wind up when you're adding uh, like characters to existing decks or making new decks anyway. It's going to be based yeah. on one or two characters anyway. Um, so you'll see more of that. Um, so we have some of that stuff planned where there's there's certain articles I want to write about You know, updating current lists versus taking on new lists. So definitely expect... A tremendous amount of content for um when wave two hits um but like i said our goal right now is daily coverage uh typically you'll see podcasts on monday videos on tuesday articles on wednesday videos on thursday and then pot luck as we say on, on friday whatever <laughs> if we have articles we'll post them if we have video content we'll post that so right. um that's our goal uh right now so you can find it VectorSigma.info at gmail.com, VectorSigmaI on Twitter, VectorSigma.info uh, Facebook page. You can find me personally on Facebook uh, or any of these other locations as well. Yep. Yeah, you can check out if you're watching this video on YouTube or if you are one of our many people in Twitch chat right now, uh, you can see the Twitter contacts below the webcam and then down a little bit farther beneath uh, Scott's logo down there. So definitely let us know if you have any questions, any, we'd love to, we'd love getting listener and viewer questions in general, uh, comments as well. Definitely looking forward to a lot of the things that are coming down the pipe, everything Scott described, as well as just in general excitement about wave two. So that's going to kind of do it for us. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hopefully you'll tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.